0: You're listening to the Pimpcron Podcast. Welcome, one and all, to episode 178 of the Pimpcron Warhammer Podcast, and I am Pimpcron. We are brought to you today by all of my super, super sexy Patreon patrons. And we are also brought to you today by GameMat.eu for supporting this silly, silly show. Um, what are we talking about today? Well, I have an absolutely ridiculous email from Leroy Jenkins, so we will deal with that. And we also look at Darkstrider for the Tau as a new HQ model. And we also have a real talk where I share my one and only, to my knowledge, band article from bell of Lost souls where they posted it for a day or two and then immediately took it down so most of you have probably never heard or read this article and um it is my satire at its finest so what have i been up to um shoveling a bunch of snow um we rarely it's about once every decade we get 12 inches or more of snow in my area we just we usually get like uh, the maximum we normally gets like three inches. If we get snow, we get like a dusting or just ice or an inch or two. Three is definitely the maximum. It has been a good decade since we got 12 inches or more. Um, in some places it is drifting up to two feet, but it's, it's real powdery, nice, probably good skiing snow. Um, but it is kind of a pain. So that's what I've been up to. My back is hurting. I'm excited for that. And what else have I been up to? I made some wicked sweet Power Rangers models for a Power Rangers warband, so I'm excited about that. Um, I didn't even think when I was modeling them to give them weapons. I don't know why. I just didn't. So now uh, my next project is to try to give them appropriate weapons. Of course, this is going to involve sculpting or carving. I was thinking I might be able to make some of these out of sprue, just like whittle down the sprue. I think I can do that. I'm not sure my skills are up for that, but I'm going to try it, I think. And uh, what else? We're getting ready to start. You know, this is almost February, and we're getting ready to start the store campaign. We're doing a Brutality League, and that includes uh, 12 games over the course of... No, 11 games over the course of 2022. Very excited about it. And I am still doing uh, short stories for the Brutality book. And I added up the page count. Right now, I'm at about 100 pages, and it's about, I think, 16 short stories. So, I, uh, I'm i probably aiming for about 150 pages. I looked through a bunch of my short story anthologies, and most of them run around 150 pages. Um, personally, I like a short story I can sit down and read in 15, 20 minutes, maybe a half hour. I don't like when short stories, I always skip the short stories in, uh, compilations that are like, yeah, this is 30 pages. I'm like, what? Why? Like you, there's almost no story. That's a short story that can't be told in 10 pages or maybe 15 and um, most of mine hover around 10 pages because I like to get to the point. I don't like a bunch of nonsense in my stories. And uh, so that's why I've got 16 in 100. Um, so what they actually end up being not five pages, I guess, eight pages, they all end up being um, they're they're pretty quick. Um, and of course, there's that age eight page is completely an average or an estimate. Um, By the time I actually format it in the book, right now they're all individual stories, so they're all set in the Brutal Realm, and they're all different aspects and different times and places in the Brutal Realm, and I think it helps really flesh out the backstory and the lore of this setting, Uh, a setting that I'm absolutely in love with. I find no end to the number of um, stories that can be told there. So I've had a lot of people that play Brutality ask me, hey, when are we going to get more fluff? Because they've read through all the free stuff. They've read through all of the uh, rulebook. They've read through the uh, gauntlet. And uh, this narrative game actually doesn't really have any any real fluff to it. uh, This new narrative module I just released. But um, anyway, people are kind of hungry for that. So I'm very excited to release an actual short story anthology. And um, that's what I've been up to. And today... Uh, I was able to take the four-wheeler with the kids at my parents' house. My parents have a four-wheeler, and they've got a very large yard. So we took the kids, and we sledded in the snow for three hours today. And uh, that was a lot of fun. Kids are soaking wet and cold, so am I, but it was a lot of fun. And uh, they never stopped talking about the last time we did that. It's not very often that we have enough snow to actually go sledding. So and usually what happens is it melts like by the next day or by that same day. So usually we don't get a chance to go sledding, but we did like 4 years ago something like that and uh we just did it again today. So, very fun, I'm very sore. Anyway, that is about it. Um yeah. All right, let's get on with the show. Let's open the Tesseract mailbox. This week, on the Tesseract Mailbox, I have a complete non-sequitur of an email from our Patreon patron, Leroy Jenkins. Let's see what he has to say. Hey, Pimkron. I was wondering why microwaves don't have a 69-second button on them. They have the standard 0 through 9, plus 30 seconds, and sometimes plus 1 minute. I feel that the 69-second button would save the world more time than any of those other buttons. Reheating pizza? 69 seconds. Melting butter, sixty-nine seconds. Your hellblaster squad has failed you for the last time. Sixty-nine seconds, Leroy Jenkins. So, being that he's a Patreon patron, I am legally obligated to answer his his email. So, um, what starts out as what sounds like a very juvenile, extremely misguided email from our buddy Leroy Jenkins (laughs) is actually kind of on point because how often do you put something in the microwave for like one minute and then you're like oh crap that that refrigerated pizza is still not warm after a minute or it's not fully warm and then you have to put it on for like another 15 seconds and then it's too hot it almost seems as if that extra nine seconds would be enough and plus you can giggle about it i mean i feel like they should add a 420 button as well. Four minutes and 20 seconds just for, I don't know, heat and bong water. I I don't, I don't know. (laughs) Um, so Leroy, if you're listening to this, which I know you are, um, please listen to your doctor and get back on your meds. This is, this is definitely a sign. I know that you feel like you don't need the meds once you're on them. I know you feel like everything's fine, But you have to understand that the reason why you feel good is because of the meds. It's not that you're all better now. okay? And we both know that the doctor said you may never be all all better. But when I see a friend in trouble making a cry for help, such as this email, I know that I need to speak out and say something to you. And hopefully in this public forum... You will listen to me and finally go get the help you need. Okay. And sooner or later, the authorities are going to connect you to all of those neighborhood cat murders. They're going to do it, Leroy. There's nothing you can do to prevent that. Once they find one of those cat corpses, one of them, and check them for semen, you're you're in the big house. You're, you're arrested because they're going to link it right back to you. Do you remember when you were doing it at the pet store and you got caught? They already have your DNA on file, buddy. You need, you need to calm down and start taking those meds again, okay? This is a very heartfelt message for you. And I'm glad you spent the time to email me something that almost doesn't make sense. (laughs) But I'm not lying to you. You are one cat autopsy from getting arrested again and I don't want to see that for you okay all right well thank you for emailing me Leroy and hey guys uh this was my last email so uh I need some more uh where's old Levi huh where's where is he or where's um Juicy Jim or some Grendel or some Derek or some I'm just trying to think off the top of my head people that semi-frequently message me Um, or Leroy with a more (laughs) cogent email. Oh, I love you guys. All right, let's go on the next segment. Want that or want that not? On this edition of Want That or Want That Not, we are covering Darkstrider, which is a new miniature for Tal, And he is a character, and he looks just like any old towel, pretty much. He's got a sweet ponytail, though. Sweet ponytail. And he's got a gun like you expect him. But the interesting thing about him is that he well let's just read his stuff first lead your tau empire forces with this masterful scout commander use this hq choice to single out key enemy targets for destruction and retreat and fire with his powerful pulse weapon shade so he's got a named pulse weapon named after one of my patreon patrons that is fantastic thank you gw for the shout out shade there you go there's your shout out um, so what's interesting to me is this model really does tell a story, okay? He's leaning up against the wall, which I originally thought was a cape, and he's got this little teeny drone flying above his head, and he's, like, releasing another little drone from his palm. It is a heartwarming moment, it is adorable, and I think it tells us a lot about the backstory of the Tao and their inner workings. The reason why I say this is, everybody knows that Tao has drones, Right? But you never see where the drones come from. You never see the mother drone. You never see the drone bays of where they grow the the infant drones. You never see... Like, they never discuss the mating habits of drones or anything like that. So you can assume that, being that they're a military and they use drones so much, that there is probably some sort of drone farm where they produce these drones and and breed them and all of that. And that's where you've got the different species of drones, the shield drones, the um, the gun drones, whatever. So this guy clearly is one of the handlers for the drones. And I find this to be touching, actually, kind of like a boy and his dog. There is a little drone floating above him, and it's just, you can tell it's not a fully developed drone. It's like a baby drone. It's got two little things sticking off it and a big red eye. It is pretty cute. And he's releasing this other one. You can tell by the proximity of how close these drones are to the model, how much they trust him. He is probably one of the people that breeds the drones. So I think it's really cute that basically he's this one that is coming off his palm here that he's releasing, it probably came over to him scared. It probably saw the gunfire or whatever. And and I assume they have to acclimate the baby drones to combat because, you know, infant anything is going to be scared of all the loud noises and the gunfire and all that. So what he does is he brings them out to the battlefield and he shows them what it's like and gets them just a little acquainted with it. And I think that's really cool. I think this is a whole new side of Tal that we've never seen. And it looks a lot to me like it got scared. It ran up to him. He probably cuddled it for a minute, stroked its antenna, whatever, calmed it down. And now he's gently releasing it back onto the battlefield. Um, I don't know the rules for this Dark Strider character, but he probably does something similar to what these Canoptex spiders used to do for scarabs. He probably you know, produces D3 drones each turn or something like that as he's releasing them from captivity onto the battlefield. I think it's adorable. I don't know if these drones are Toughness 2 or Toughness 1 or what they are, but they're, they are certainly adolescent drones, and they're just learning the ropes. And the closeness, the obvious connection they have to him is just... It's heartwarming, to be honest with you. This is a warmer, friendlier side of Tal than we have ever seen. And just the last thing I want to mention is I don't know anything about this model, so none of what I just said is true. <laughs> it's $35. It's a Tau HQ. I do like the baby drones. I think they're really cool. I don't know what he's doing with them, but they're they're pretty cool. He's got some neat headgear, he's got some antennas coming off him, he's got antenna on his back. He does have a wicked sweet ponytail. And he's got a cool-looking gun. So really, I mean, as far as models go, it looks like he's on a 32 mil, I think. And uh, as far as models go, he's a pretty cool-looking model. 35 bucks is pretty standard, so... Um, I think this is just as good-looking as anything else. I think it does have some character. Even if it's not all the stupid stuff I just said about growing the drones and the baby drones being scared, he is releasing a drone off of his palm. That's actually pretty cool. Um, like I said, I don't know the rules to it, but... This entertained me. Otherwise, it's a very standard model. It's got a little bit of flair to it. Um, Maybe he does good stuff on the battlefield. I don't care. <laughs> and this is why you tune into this podcast, for our deep uh, analysis of these models and how you can use them in your armies. So go plop him down and start breeding some drones. Now it's time for Real Talk with Pentkron. Hey everybody, it's Real Talk with the Pimp Cron, and I recently saw an article from Feminist 40k discussing how, you know, women need a place in the hobby, and we should not ban women from playing in it, and women are humans too, and, I mean, a bunch of, like, obvious stuff. Like, any re- rational, reasonable player is gonna be like, yeah, women can play in the hobby, there's nothing stopping them, you know? Um, now, I know... Women are, they can be slightly different in the way they they like things. I've discussed before, they seem to like more cooperative games or more creative expressions such as painting and things like that. Women don't tend to like the competitive scene. Now that's a generalization, obviously, but that, that tends to be the case. Men tend to like competition and things like that. You can look at that from our roles in society for eons. Like the men are the competitive nature, they go to war, they do this the contests of skill, blah blah blah, and the women stayed at home, and they, you know, cooked, and they they harvested food, and they made the clothes, and they did a bunch of cooperative stuff together, and the men were much more adversarial. So, when I see groups like this that are making a lot of noise about how women are mistreated, I on one hand, have no doubt that there are some dudes out there that think women are somehow incapable, even though they're human beings, somehow incapable of being in wargaming, oh my god, or they get super nervous and awkward around women, and that makes women feel uncomfortable, so they'll look, oh, 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 stumbling over themselves whenever a woman walks in, regardless of whether or not she would be deemed attractive by normal people or whatever, just, oh, 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 you know, X chromosome. That's basically how a lot of people... So, of course, you do have a lot of troglodytes in the gaming community. A lot of people that have had very limited access to the opposite sex or whatever. And um, so I do see that is the truth to some degree. But in my personal experience, we've had women at Shorehammer. I've had women play Warhammer occasionally in our club. We don't have any regulars. Just a couple years ago, we had some. and um, Or we had one. But, and I've played against women before in Warhammer, and every time I have witnessed interactions, now this is just purely from my experience, and obviously I am not a woman. But, uh, in my experiences, everyone treated them just normal, like anybody else. I'm sure there is that 1% or 5% of the neckbeards that are super awkward, or they want to mansplain stuff. I, I get that. I totally get it. But, I think it is grossly overblown just how terrible all of us are in the wargaming community because, and I'm not, I'm not lying, this is not made up in any way, I don't know a single wargamer that would laugh at a woman, and I know a lot of wargamers through Shorehammer and all of that, wargamers in Pennsylvania and New York and and North Carolina and Missouri, for crying out loud, Utah, I mean, I I know a lot of wargamers, and there's not a single wargamer that I know of that would see a woman playing warhammer and go oh, oh, what we had a woman play uh warhammer this year at shorehammer and n- to my knowledge i mean I-, I played one of the narrative games with her and there was no nothing said nobody treated her any sort of way so unless i beat that topic into the ground um I'm just saying that I know it does happen, but I think there's a lot of groups out there that really like to play the victim, and it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what side of the aisle you are. There's a lot of people that just like to go, oh, woe is me, I'm so mistreated, and they blow things out of proportion. That's my personal opinion. Um, I'm certain it does happen, but I don't think nearly to the degree that they claim. So, what am I getting at here? Well, I had, um, if you will remember back in 2018, I think, I think it was four years ago, feminist 40k came out with an article saying woe is me men don't treat us right women have a place in the hobby too blah 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 and they said all these things that you're like yeah duh of course women can play warhammer like nobody's stopping them so a lot of you guys have maybe never seen my articles and don't know of my seven-year career doing satire i love satire i've always really enjoyed it i enjoy it most when people don't get that it's satire and take it for real that's very enjoyable But I decided, way back then, I thought, you know what, I am going to write a satirical article about this, and of course crank it to the nth degree like I always do, and, well, this is the article. The name of this article was, We Need Child Space Marines. PimpCron Breaks Down Barriers and Promotes Equality. Hello all! My favorite person in the world, PimpCron, is back this week with an important issue, We've heard a lot of hubbub lately about the lack of representation of minorities and women in 40k, and I couldn't agree more. I read that article from Feminist 40k last week, and they may be right, but I think it goes deeper than that. We can't rest until all people from every walk of life has equal representation on the tabletop. A huge demographic is missing from the gaming community. Look around your local gaming club, but look past the crowd of women looking into the window longing to play but aren't allowed. Do you see any children? Oh sure, you might see a teenager or even a 10-year-old, but what you don't see is a very lucrative demographic. Toddlers. Kids that are 3-5 to five years old secretly love Warhammer, but they don't play because of several reasons. Number 1. Too much attention. The minute a toddler walks into his local gaming store with a fistful of cash, ready to buy and play his secret favorite game, he is instantly attacked. But the attention they receive is a strange combination. Some toddlers say they don't play the game because of all the oohs and ahs they get just for walking in the door. They can't even carry on a normal conversation without people coming up to them and telling them how big they are, how much they've grown, they're such a big boy. They feel like they aren't taken seriously for the wargamers and hobbyists that they are. The other subset of toddler wargamers claim that they are instantly harassed and told that a game store is an all-men club, and that unattended toddlers shouldn't be roaming about. They are talked to like they are children, and everyone acts like the toddlers don't know the rules, as if toddlers couldn't comprehend the game. Now, if I'm being honest, I personally have never seen a toddler come into my local store wanting to play 40k, or ask about it, or show any interest in it. I've even tried to get my own children into it, but they merely patronize me with a game once in a while. It is probably due to the harsh treatment they know they would get the minute they enter the store. Our attitude towards toddlers in a game store needs to change, my friends. We need to check our adult privilege, and suddenly the game store would be full of toddlers. But there is more to the story. GW needs to make child space marines. Games Workshop has a terrible track record of representation of children, more specifically toddlers, in 40k. Where are the toddler guardsmen going into battle? Why are there no kid necrons? A modern toddler looks at this game, and do you know what they see? Naked baby cherubs as servants. Grots being beaten or eaten at every turn. Squats being squatted. There is no denying that 40k is full of harsh treatment of children, and it needs to stop. Now, I already heard some of you saying, children are in the lore of 40k, but just like in real life, they just aren't on the front lines, and this is a game about frontline combat. But I say that this is a fictional universe, and the lore should be changed regardless of what has already been established or what is realistic. We need kid commissars shooting fleeing guardsmen. We need a five-year-old orc knob decapitating an Eldar with a pinch of his power claw. And here's another problem I have with the game. Every army is adults. That makes small children feel very unwelcome in such an adult-heavy environment. I mean, sure, they could just play any of the armies and model their own kid warriors, or play an army like nids or orcs that don't really have kids or adults, But the real point here is to force a company and industry to change to their tiny will. And if making a new breed of Space Marines that are all juiced up kids hurts the hobby or the game or the community or even hurts Games Workshop, then so be it. It really isn't about success. We have to force these adults to change due to the current political climate, whether or not it makes sense. And if there is anything I've learned from my own toddlers, it's that if there's something you want in life, You do not go gently into that good night, and you do not stay quiet. You kick and scream until you get it. You gotta throw yourself down metaphorically and scream that they're the worst company ever for not bowing to your demands. And while sobbing, you proclaim that all adult wargamers should be shamed for what happens to be their age and interest. And while generously wetting yourself, exclaim that all of this is, quote, unfair, and that you are the, quote, victim of any perceived slight. But this is just the beginning, my friends. Women, minorities, and children being added to 40k is just the beginning. I have drafted a 12-part plan that I am submitting to GW, and if they don't comply, then I will throw a fit online like you have never seen. The end result of my perfect plan for equality in the game will usher in a new era. Labradors as tank commanders, wheelchair ramps on rhinos, old grannies as mega knobs, midget aspect warriors, and the list goes on. We will be so diverse at the end of this 12-part plan that every single army will include every single other army's units in addition to their own. You're welcome. Now, <laughs> I just I just love me some satire. Now, of course, I am going way overboard there. And I'm, I'm showing, you know, you know what satire is. But the point is, it, it does really tickle me. And that recent feminist article uh, just reminded me of it. And like I said, some of, some of what they say does have merit. I'm sure there, it is uncomfortable. If I were to go into a place of all women and I'm trying to interact with them, It would be slightly uncomfortable. I remember taking my children to some child events, you know, like crafting at the library or whatever, and predominantly it is women that take their children, right? So I was, like, literally the only dude. There's 15 moms and, you know, 30 kids or whatever, and I'm the only dad. So yes, it was uncomfortable. Did they mistreat me? No. Did they talk to me? Not really. But did I whine about it online? No, (laughs) it's just, it just is what it is. Now, if I wanted to really care about that and I really wanted to change things, right? Because it was as awkward for me as it was for them. And this gives credence to the awkwardness women may feel going into a game store that's predominantly men. I get that. It is uncomfortable. You know, if you are the oddball out, no matter what happens, let's say you walk into a room of everybody in wheelchairs and you're the only person that can walk that would feel awkward. If you're the only person that's deaf in a room full of hearing people, that would be awkward. It's just its just our socialization. It's just our nature. So I don't doubt for a second that some guys mistreat women or treat them weirdly or they're just super awkward. I don't doubt that. And I don't doubt that some men are like, oh, women shouldn't be in it. Whatever, dude. its It's certainly not the predominant thing. And to be honest with you, I think the real thing, and I know you're like, oh God, what's Pimcron's opinion? I desperately want to know. Guess what? I'm giving it to you. Let's do a mental experiment. You are, you know, I'm even going to change it from women and and men. Let's say, let's say blue shirts and red shirts. Okay, So you are going to go to a group of some sort and everybody there wears blue shirts. Well, if you walk in wearing a red shirt, Yeah, it might be a little bit, you know, uncomfortable, whatever. You're going to stick out a little bit. But once you start mingling with everybody and everything turns out fine, you realize that, hey, my red shirt really doesn't matter. Everyone else is wearing blue shirts, whatever. But my red shirt ultimately doesn't matter. It just made me feel a little uncomfortable because I stood out so much. Now... Let's say that the day before you go to this meeting, you read article after article and podcast after podcast about how much blue shirts, all blue shirts, hate red shirts. Don't you dare go into that club with a red shirt on. Don't you dare, because they will punch you right in whatever reproductive organs you own. Now, are you going to be like, oh, sheesh, maybe I just shouldn't go at all because I'm going to wear my red shirt and they're going to mistreat me? Or you're going to still go, but you're going to definitely be on guard. And then you've got a chip on your shoulder and every tiny perceived slip of the tongue or or perceived slight is going to be, you know, a problem. You know, if somebody just walks in and goes, Hey, blue shirts, you're going to go, Oh, okay. Blue shirts, huh? All right. Well, I'm a red shirt. So I guess that doesn't mean me. You're going to all of a sudden think everything's a big deal and it's all about you. To be honest with you, I understand that groups want to make their voice heard when they want things to change. But to be honest with you, I feel like that is not only seeking pity, but I also feel like it could be potentially detrimental. Now, if you use my blue shirt, red shirt analogy and apply it to men and women, if you're a woman and go into a a game store and you've got no preconceived notions, eh, it might be a little awkward, but once you get talking everybody, everybody's fine. Or you can read article after article of how much you're not welcome in these groups and guess what? It's going to push you off. So I guess at the end of the day, if you want change to happen, you have to be the change that you want to see, correct? So what happens is, uh, look at the segregation and the integration of the the black and white community in the 60s and, and the late 50s, right? Um, what happens is people have a lot of um, preconceived notions or mis- misinformation, or they're not well informed, or and that's where you lead more to stereotypes when you're not familiar with other groups, right? And a lot of geeks are not familiar with women. And I mean, that's a broad generalization. Good God, almost everyone I know is married for crying out loud. So that is, <laughs> I say a lot of geeks, and that's not even accurate. A very small minority of nerds have very little interaction with women. So do you give them more interaction and more familiarity so they don't act like such a a weeb around women by just writing articles and crying about it, how you're the victim? Or do you give them exposure to women? If you are a woman, a feminist 40k player, and you want to be the change that you want to see then what I would do is I would go to every convention I, I could. I would go to every tournament I could, and I would be a good ambassador for women in the hobby. And every heart and mind that you change by being courteous and polite and a good strategist or maybe a good painter or just, by golly, just friendly. As If you're just friendly, everybody would be totally fine, and then you would slowly erode at the very small Mountain of neckbeards that are unfamiliar with women, and when they realize, oh damn, she can paint, or oh man, she's pretty good at strategy, or wow, she kicked my ass on the tabletop. Then, guess what? You are changing the community. No amount of crying and whining on podcasts and articles or YouTube is going to change the community. You need to do it. You need to be super active. But like I said, a lot of groups, both left and right, and up and down love to be the victim, and they would rather just cry about that. So, sorry if this was a little political. Uh, I really didn't mean it to be. This is just common sense to me. I mean, uh, of course women are included in the hobby. That's, That's just so... I'm actually baffled that anybody would ever even have that perception. It's just stupid. So, anyway... Thank you for listening to my show. Thank you for listening to me rant. And you got a sneak peek at an article that extremely few people ever got to see because Bell of All Souls ripped it off about a day or so after they posted it. And thank you, as always, to those well-endowed, I mean, super-ripped Patreon patrons of mine and to GameMat.eu for supporting the show. I greatly appreciate all of you, and thank you, GameMat. I appreciate it. All right, I'll see you next week.